So LSRM, where M stands for multi, is our next commercial mission after LCD, and that's launching in 2024. And the function of that mission is to really go up and remove or service a OneWeb satellite. Space Watchers, I am Emma, Senior Editor of Space Watch Global, and this is a new episode of Space Cafe Radio, your radio channel dedicated to emerging trends and live conferences in the space sector. Today's guest is Dr. Jason Forshaw, Head of Future Business for Europe at Astroscale. Jason and I met during the Secure World Foundation Summit for Space Sustainability held between the 21st and the 23rd of June 2022 in London. We had a chat about the changing world, about UK policy, the need for regulations, and how AstroScale is aligning itself to the needs of the debris market. So please listen up and enjoy. Jason, welcome. Thanks for agreeing to talk with me. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you very much. It's great to be here at the Space Sustainability Summit. I think there's a lot of great announcements that have been happening over the last couple of days. It's an exciting moment. So the summit is focused on the sustainability of our lower orbit, all the potential regulation and needs that our orbit requires to keep the space sustainable for the next generation. How does Astroscale position itself within the issue of the debris? Astroscale is here to help with space sustainability. We're a company dedicated to that. And the main function of our services is to provide what is known as debris removal services and things like in-orbit servicing to actually try and clear up the space environment and ensure that the satellites we launch are sustainable, and this contributes well to the sustainability of space in the future. Can you give us some example of the project that you're just about to develop? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So across the globe, we're working on several different programs. The first one I should mention is called ELSA-D. Now, ELSA-D is a satellite that launched back in March 2021, And a function of this program was to actually demonstrate the key capabilities of cleaning up the space junk in orbit. And that was reasonably successful. And only a few months ago, we tested for the first time the ability to get close to rendezvous with another satellite. And you can imagine that technology is key to unlocking all of these future types of services needed in space. On one side, you are working on debris removal. Do you tackle this issue also from other sides, the alternative projects or alternative approaches? So I think from debris removal, there's kind of two areas we're looking at. One is ensuring that we prepare satellites that are going to be launched in the future for removal by putting docking plates on them. So that will mean they can be easily removed. The other area is, of course, looking at cleaning up the space debris that's already there. And in addition to that, as you said, there's other areas of what's known as in-orbit servicing. And one of these areas we're looking at in our U.S. office is called life extension. And this is effectively going up to a satellite, docking with it. And the satellite may have run out of fuel or needs to be repositioned or moved somewhere else to make it more useful. And that's exactly what we would do in our U.S. office. We'd go there, dock with the satellite and move it to somewhere that's more useful. So as you can see, there's a range of different services here that contribute to the overall sustainability and reuse of existing assets in space, as opposed to just discarding them and saying, 
They're just single-use kind of satellites. Where are your other projects? And they're all going in this direction. Yes, absolutely. There's about 10,000 tons of space debris up there. And there's several thousand satellites right now in space that are not functioning. Now, this is an unsustainable environment. If we don't act now to start clearing up the existing debris and ensuring that future satellites are prepared for removal, then this is only going to become a bigger problem. So that's why we're there to work on these solutions to help make space more sustainable. We just had a very important announcement by George Freeman, the Minister of Science, Technology, the UK Minister of Science and Technology. How does this influence your approach? How is Astroscale involved in the creation of regulations for a more sustainable orbit? Okay, so there's two aspects of regulation that we're involved in. One is on the kind of licensing side. Every satellite you launch into space needs to be licensed, needs to be approved effectively by the government. And as part of that process, you look at things such as insurance, how safe your mission is, do you have the right funding and other things to conduct the mission correctly, etc. And uh, Minister Freeman announced aspects of looking into uh, secondary legislation or other aspects of, of looking at how the law could be changed with respect to licensing. So I think that's a very important step forward. The other aspect we're involved in is more on the policy side. We're involved globally in a range of different policy groups, where the chair for Confers is an in-orbit servicing working group that operates globally to bring parties together to try and define the rules and standards. And we're also involved in things like the International Astronautical Federation, Secure World Foundation, World Economic Forum, many others as well. And it's through a mix of um, both trying to influence policy and also hopefully working towards greater regulation that we can actually make space more sustainable. Because as Minister Freeman said, it is a bit of a wild west out there at the moment. And if you don't have proper regulation, and I think he cited back in the day, there was very little regulation when it came to ships and automotive industry. And when that regulation came in place, it became a more standardized operating environment. So that is something that actually creates our business and enhances our business model and allows us to offer these services to keep space sustainable. So is your goal not to make Brirumbola is a routine process? I guess because this is an emerging market, nobody has really done this in space before. And I think our LCD mission is groundbreaking in testing these kind of technologies needed at the beginning. But as we go forward and we have later missions planned, we aim to develop that technology and mature it properly. And I guess at the beginning, you have a few missions here and there, but eventually, and our aim is by around 2030, possibly a bit after that, we'd make this more of routine operations. I mean, you could just imagine the analogy of if your car breaks down on the motorway, we have services like AARAC, they'll come and tow your car away. It's effectively like a tow truck service in space. It doesn't exist at the moment, but you can imagine how commonplace that is in the UK. No matter where you break down, a service could come to you, pick up your car or remove it. As you say, that will become more routine, hopefully, in the next several years. That's what we're aiming for. So some people see the increasing regulation a potential danger for slowing down the commercial chain. Do you think that this might be a problem? Do you think that you still need a bit of fluidity and flexibility? How? What do you think is the right equilibrium? Yeah, I think it's difficult to get the balance correct between under-regulation and over-regulation. 
but I think it's an even worse scenario where you're um, looking at a government that some governments have said, look, we really don't want to put any regulation in this area. And that really makes it a wild west. It becomes more problematic. Just let me take you back to the example of standardization of DVDs. Now, back in the day, there were lots and lots of different formats for this, and there were many competing consortia. If that hadn't been standardized, you wouldn't be able to buy a DVD or CD anywhere in the world and use it in your player. Everybody would have different sizes, different formats. So in a way, this form of regulation brings companies together. It brings people to the UK because of the regulation and infrastructure that is being put in place with respect to legally, insurance, other factors. And I think this is only a positive thing. Um, for us at Astroscale and the future sustainability of space. Standardization is a huge issue in space. Anything you want to add? Maybe I can talk a bit about the ELSA-M mission. So ELSA-M, where M stands for multi, is our next commercial mission after ELSA-D, and that's launching in 2024. And the function of that mission is to really go up and remove or service a OneWeb satellite, and we've been working with OneWeb, which is one of the world's largest constellation operators for about four years. And this will be an in-orbit demonstration that will take that to the next stage and unlock the next stages in our commercial business. So I think that's very exciting. And in the next couple of years, that's going to be a very major thing. What's the time frame? So we'll do the first launch of the IOD in about 2024. There's other missions we're looking at in the 2025 period. But by that kind of time frame, we'll have several missions in orbit around the globe in different areas. And like I said before, this moves towards things becoming more routine five years plus after that in around the 2030 region. OneWeb is in a sort of restructuring deal, not launching process because of the Ukrainian conflict. Do you feel that this might affect your time scale? I think that OneWeb still has launched a significant number of satellites into space. I think it could be possibly delays to some of their other satellites launching, but there's a large number of satellites up there already, several hundred. And the reality is, not just with OneWeb, but with other constellations, that a set percentage are going to fail. You can't produce something that's 100% reliable. Satellites do fail. If you look at statistics across the insurance databases, etc., you have roughly 5 to 10% of satellites that fail. So if this occurs, of course, that is where Astroscale services come in to try and remove those failed satellites. Thanks a lot, Jason. It was a pleasure to have a chat with you, and I hope this is just the first one of many times. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. If you want to keep the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Emma Gatti, Senior Editor of Space Watch Global, your independent perspective on space. See you next time. Ciao.